Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, doesn't matter. You're going to end up in the same place. We're all going to the grave on earth. But will you go to heaven? That's a really good question. We're going to talk about that as we study James chapter 1 today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hember. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering this book called James, which is fascinating. And as we look at that, we're going to do that in five minutes. We're going to learn more about what God said to us. Ryan is here. Ryan, what's going on? Today, what are the seven pillars of wisdom referred to in Proverbs chapter 9? Well, James, known as James the Just, might just give us the answer. Very good. Interesting. Janice? Today, great is God's faithfulness. All right. Very good. And Jim is with us today. Jim, good hey, to have you back. Good to be back. I'm just relishing all of the wisdom that surrounds me. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it, friends. It's just overwhelming. Jim's coming up in about 20 minutes, so stay tuned. Let's get back to the Bible and learn what God has said to us. James 1, verses 9 through 18. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. James chapter 1, verses 9 through 18. James chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. That's what we read today as we continue to go through the Bible. This is exciting. We're coming up on the end of the, of the Bible, and it's amazing because the last 10 days we deal with the book of Revelation. But if you read through the Bible for the first time, congratulations. That's awesome. You know, most people give in to temptation. And when we do, we tend to make excuses for why we do the things we do. But God tells us through the Apostle James that those who learn to curb their temptations will live life in a way which pleases God. Desire is not temptation, and temptation is not sin. God has created us in ways to experience pleasure. But it is not God's desire that we never enjoy our life or its pleasures. But He has placed boundaries on those pleasures based on 
sin, our own failures, and the fact that we're not alone in how we live and the decisions we make and how that impacts those around us. Well, James states that the follower of Christ must love God under trials and temptations, and that those who endure temptation will receive a crown of life. Our current troubles pale in light of the hope that always awaits us in the coming eternity. Now that's something interesting. Take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage. And as I say, if you're not on the Bible guide passage, why not? I encourage you to make sure you're on the address and get a hold of that by writing to us or calling to us, or you can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. Click on the Bible guide and it'll take you directly to the place where you can make a donation. Let me just say thank you very much. If you've made a donation, that's how we're supported, only by that. So we appreciate the fact that people have made decisions during this very difficult time financially, and we thank you for that so much. It really, really, we appreciate it and pray that God blesses you and helps you. Nevertheless, you can go to the website, and as you do that, you can download the page that is printed on the download as we printed it in paper. So it's very, very interesting. Now, as we focus today on the passage, we need to focus on trials and temptation from James chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. Father, help us today as we ask you to teach us your ways and show us your paths. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is what we ask. We're going to study the book of James, James the Just, your half-brother. Help us, Lord, to understand exactly what he said and what he's telling us, because we need to hear this. The Holy Spirit's words are here. Help us to hear that in Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said together, make it so, Lord. Amen and amen. Now look at this passage, because this is interesting as we focus on it. James chapter 1, and beginning verse 9, he, he begins to talk about something, and we learn from that. He says, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. Glory in his exaltation. Now think about that. But the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with burning heat than it withers the grass and its flowers fall and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man will fade away in his pursuits. Now, that brings me to something that we can think about in point number one. Whether rich or poor, both will pass away. Now, keep that in mind. Think about that. Status in life is not our pursuits. Jesus Christ is the thing that we seek. Keep that in mind. Because as a Christian, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, we follow him. His entire life was dedicated to nothing but building the kingdom of God. Are we interested in building the kingdom of God or are we interested in building our own kingdom? That's important because we need to ask ourselves this question on a regular basis. And beloved, if we focus on building our own kingdom, it's easy. But if we focus on building God's kingdom, that becomes more challenging and very, very interesting. Now, keep that in mind as we read on, because when we read on, we look in verse 12 and see some other things. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, 
he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life, really? The Lord promised that to those who love him. So let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, what are we saying here? Very simple. When we are tempted by our own evil desires, we can resist it with the help of God. We can. You see, living for Jesus Christ is to live for him and, and not ourselves. Been much talk these days about Jesus Christ and, you know, living for him and all that kind of thing. But Keep in mind that when we live for him, we rededicate ourselves and how we think. And that's what the Bible says when it says, blessed is the man who serves God, who pursues the desires of his own heart, because when he serves God, God changes the desires in his heart. Very important to remember that. So we need to keep that in mind and focus our attention on, okay, so what does God desire me to do? How does God desire me to live? That's very important. Let's go on to the next scripture in verse 16. Do not be deceived by my beloved brother. And do not be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from heaven and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadows of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, do you understand God is building us? God himself has brought to believers a new birth through his word of truth. The gifts God gives are not dark and void, but are good and bright, beloved. When God gives us gifts, they're always good, always, all the time. And that's why we often say, and people have heard us say this, the Lord is good all the time, and all the time the Lord is good. Because his gifts don't have variations in them. And he gives us his gifts, and we desire those gifts from God. We desire the talents that he has put into us to be ratified to the, to the top of our personalities. That's what God does. He makes those gifts the top of who we are. So Father, today we pray that as we begin to explore this thinking, help us to hear what the Bible has said and help us, Lord, to seek your ways, not our ways, not pursuing what we want, but help us to pursue what you want and give us the strength to learn. In the name of Jesus Christ, said together, make it so.
Welcome back to the program. Today I'm focused on both James chapter 3 and Proverbs 9, and these two passages might be connected. How, you ask? Well, Proverbs 9.1 declares that wisdom has built her house. She has set it up on its seven pillars. Now, of course, this verse begs the question, what are these seven pillars of wisdom? Well, Proverbs doesn't give us the answer, but Jesus' half-brother, James, might. Check it out. The Bible is a book full of numbers. In fact, it could be said that in the scriptures, numbers are as numerous as the stars of the heavens. Whether those numbers be general or specific figures, the Bible is clearly a book brimming with numbers. Perhaps most prominent is the number seven, which symbolizes divine perfection. Indeed, there are over 600 explicit occurrences of sevens throughout both the Old and New Testaments. Some examples include the seven days of creation, the seven days of rain after Noah enters the ark, the seven days between the doves, and Jacob serves seven years for each of his two wives. In the time of Joseph, there are seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. There are seven feasts of Israel, and there are seven priests with seven trumpets circling the city of Jericho seven times. And Solomon was seven years in building the temple. Even Solomon's book of Proverbs itself is an anthology of seven collections. While many of these occurrences of seven are fairly straightforward and self-explanatory, there are others which require some further inquiry. One such example is Wisdom's Seven Pillars in Proverbs 9.1. Wisdom, the proverb says, has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Well, it is not explained here what exactly these seven pillars of wisdom are, the Bible scholar and father of modern creationism, Dr. Henry Morris, believed that Jesus' half-brother James answered this question. Morris notes that just as Proverbs is the Old Testament book of wisdom, contrasting wisdom and folly, so James in the New Testament contrasts the wisdom from above and that of the world, the flesh, and the devil. In James 3.17, James does seem to identify the seven pillars or characteristics of wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above, says James, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. So the seven pillars of the house of true wisdom are therefore built on Christ, the one foundation constituting the stability of genuine Christian character. These seven characteristics, as given in James 3.17, are thus the measure of genuine wisdom. So it seems that James answers the question about just what wisdom's seven pillars are. Number one is purity, two, peace, three is gentleness, four, willingness to yield, five, to be full of mercy and good fruits, six, to be without partiality, and seven, to be without hypocrisy. And of course, we mustn't forget in all of this that Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which the seven pillars of wisdom rest. And why are there seven pillars? Well, as I mentioned in the segment, the number seven symbolizes divine perfection. Good lessons from James, the brother and servant of Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, uh, the, the brothers of Christ Jesus and his, uh, I should say his half-brothers, uh, they came to know the Lord after Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They sure did. So uh, that is very, James the just, as he is often called. So uh, very interesting. Janice? Yes, today I called my segment, Great is God's Faithfulness. We're looking at uh, James chapter 1, and I chose a verse that jumped out at me 
uh, once again, and it's James 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And as soon as I read that, it reminded me of one of my favorite old hymns, and that is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I'm going to read to you um, the first and the third verse of this great hymn. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. The third stanza, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me bringing me to one of my favorite verses in Lamentation 3, 21 to 23. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. New every morning. New His every compassion. Morning. New every morning. Uh, have you ever gotten up in the morning and thought, man, I can't. Go any Can't do this day. Gonna, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, God's compassion is new that morning, and it's a good thing He is because <laughs> yep. some mornings I would have got up. But uh, anyway, that's good. Good, Janice. Jim, you talk about Well Missions. It's the ministry that you founded back in 2000. It was 2000. Right? Yeah. And uh, you've been to Africa. You've come back. You've talked about COVID. Tell us more about what's going on over there. Okay, uh, I got a few picks here. Let me uh, let me show why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, we just visited with this young woman uh, three weeks ago. She's 19 years of age. Um, 19. 19, yeah. She was born HIV positive. She was born with sickle cell anemia. Um, she is covered in skin cancers. She has tuberculosis. Uh, she didn't have the energy even to open her eyes. She sort of half opened her eyes. Uh, couldn't talk, just kind of a faint whisper. And, um, you know, I, I, I've seen things like this uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times over the last 22 years. Every time it breaks my heart. Anyway, I just get down on my knees in the dirt right beside her and put my head right against her head and pray for her. And uh, I didn't pray for healing. I prayed that the Lord would give her a smooth transition real soon into His presence. She's dying in the Lord. You know, we, we've dealt with thousands of people who are dying, orphans and widows, and every one of them dies in the Lord, which to me is so critical. That's why, you know, we've got this huge volunteer army, really. Um, in Malawi, we have a thousand volunteers, all local church-based. Um, they minister Jesus, even as they minister to their afflicted bodies and souls. And, um, you know, they, they, we're not exploiting these people. When, when they're so vulnerable, they're very, very aware of the Lord. Uh, and that's true for all of us, by the way. I came across a car accident one time. The people were running around. They're all shouting, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's like an intuitive knowledge we have, even though we claim to be atheistic or we came, claim to be secular. Anyway, when someone's dying, they're suddenly very spiritually sensitive, very aware. 
And so in come these volunteers in Jesus' name, you know, ministering to their needs, you know, cleaning their bodies because of dysentery and bed sores and putting salve on their, on their skin cancers and dealing with the oral thrush and, you know, doing all the things that they do, you know, in Jesus' name. And these are all, mostly these volunteers are mostly widows themselves who at one point were near death themselves. And by God's grace and the treatment that our partners on the ground have been providing them have risen from the dead, if you will and are now ministering to others who are almost dead. But when they minister this way, I mean, what, these people who are so close to heaven anyway, they say, yes, yes. You know, if they haven't committed their lives to Christ at that point, they do it. And so that's why I can say, to my knowledge, no one has died without the Lord, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times over these two decades. Um, but this little gal, you know, she, she's probably gone on to be the Lord by now. I mean, I, 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 we were with her three weeks ago and um, I figure she, she's, she's gone. But, you know, so on the other end of the scale is someone like this. This is a little guy. I mean, how cute is he? Um, about two years of age, maybe. And uh, his mom is HIV positive and dying. And he's going to be left an orphan probably within the next few months. But thank God we have an army of volunteers who are not only caring for her mother, but are caring for and will be caring for him. You know, he represents something. For I remember 20 years ago meeting little kids like this, and now they're people like this. Mm-hmm. Look how healthy they are. Yeah. Young adults, teenagers, uh, we were met by 70 of them when we arrived at this one village in Malawi, creating a huge dust storm. They were dancing and singing. <laughs> no kidding. We drove into this dust storm, and there they were. And uh, here they are. I'm, I'm doing some uh, teaching uh, on righteousness and justice, and they just can't get enough of it. You know, it's interesting in Africa, if I, if I speak or teach for an hour, I've insulted them. What they want is three hours, pastor, maybe four, and they'll, they'll be there for the whole time. Totally keen, totally focused. Nobody's bored. Um, but to see them, you know, shift from, uh, from this to this, how fulfilling is that? Kathy said to me, this is sort of a fruit of our labors visit, Jim. And in many ways it was. And I'll, I'll tell you more about it in the next program. But uh, suffice to say that we are um, blessed to be involved in a ministry that cares for the least of these. You know, these are the ones Jesus called uh, us to do. You know, I, we, how much time we got here? We have, we have time for another picture. Okay, one more pick. Let me, let me show you this pic right here. This guy, you see he's smiling? He's, yeah. he's, he's, almost, he's almost ready to die. Uh, he's got the lower part of his body covered because he's got skin cancer and what's known as elephantitis, mm-hmm. where your leg swells to the size of a tree trunk. And, and his toes are just like uh, roots. Uh, it, it, it's a horrible thing to look at. And there's his wife, and she's smiling at us. Bless her heart. Why is she smiling? Because right beside her, you see, mm-hmm. uh, can I enlarge the picture here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Okay. See? Lacuni fala. What that is, it's a special blend of um, soya with sugar and vitamins, and it provides the kind of nourishment that she and her little kids and her husband need. And right beside the bag are some two bottles of what's called selenium, which is a trace mineral that really boosts the immune system. And then there's some other things. Uh, there's gloves for her to wear when she's treating her husband's sores, and there's other medications that are in that yellow bag behind the lacuni fala. Yeah. Um, but She's, she said to us, you know, uh, I know that my husband will be with the Lord. Uh, I, I will miss him, but I am so grateful 
that uh, you have come our way, and he knows Jesus, as, as do I. And as long as we live, I and my children, we will serve the Lord. Mm. You know, I, what do you do with this? You know, you, you don't have to go through any apologetics. You don't have to go through any uh, in-depth teaching. Uh, you, you know, you're dealing on a very uh, reality level, you know, with, with visceral needs. And people who intuitively are discovering their, uh, not only the depth of their soul's immersion in their maker, I call that the intuitive knowledge of God, but they also have a great sense of the adventure. They know that this is not the end, mm. you know? And but they're going on to life. Yeah, they're going on to life. And, 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 and so every time that we're there, I'm seeing uh, a metaphor. You know, I, I'm, I'm seeing myself, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to be beaten down by gravity, too. I mean, we're all fighting gravity, right? Uh, at one point, it's going to have us flat on the ground and flat in a coffin, if the Lord hasn't come by then. Uh, we don't talk about it in our culture, but the fact of the matter is that death is a huge reality, and we have to be prepared to die. And so when I'm with these people, and I see them so prepared to die, it just challenges me, you know. So, Jim, are you prepared to die? And by God's grace, I am and I will be. As will you, you know, and, that, and that's why you're doing this show. Yes. I think it's important to recognize that that they're close to death. Like, yeah. like death is not a stranger. Like to us, yeah. death is a big deal. You, yeah. you got to go to the funeral yeah. home yeah. after yeah. nobody yeah. wants to go there. Yeah. And you got to uh, position yourself in a graveyard yeah. over on that side. But death is right in front of them. Like yeah. The father is right there. Hey, surround, in, in, in this part of the world, you're surrounded by death. It's as much a reality, if not more so than than life. So on the next program, we'll talk more about this, but wowmission.com, wowmission.com is where you want to support if you can. You know, the things are rough in the world right now and rough, but, but let me tell you something. It doesn't matter because God will take care of us if we pay attention to this. And so I want to encourage you, go to wowmission.com and make your donation because we're helping people and people are coming to know the Lord as a result. Let's get back to the program. Remember that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern Time in the United States of America, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV, and I stress Bible Discovery TV. And we will pray for you and we'll update you on what's going on in the world. Very, very important. So join us, won't you? Today we pray and say, Lord, I pray for your help to strengthen me so I can learn how to love and follow you in all that I do.